Makes you notice, doesn't it? A little bit of darkness. Refines the senses. Focuses the mind. It's time to enjoy the big screen experience. No distractions. Hopefully no sudden ringtones. Maybe a glaring screen. Lots of talking. Relax. No, don't switch off your phone and switch off from the outside world. Unless you're driving or kicking. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the People's Film Podcast. This is the podcast where I, David Richards, will interview guests on the film, get their opinions on what they did, what they didn't like, what they'd recommend, their experiences whilst watching this film, either the first or the second time. May play a few little games along the way, basically having a big old review, a big old chat, and a big old geek session. The point of this podcast is to support your local cinemas and film industry, because I don't know about you, but during this COVID time, Going to the cinema has just not been the same. For one, you haven't been able to go to the cinema. Two, when you could go, you'd have to social distance, wear a mask, sanitize your hands. Not the best experience, but you do it because you love film. For example, my local cinema, my local picture house cinema, I hope I can say that for legal reasons. It closed down. I am absolutely devastated. I shared so many memories in that place. They did the best pizza there as well. Best pizza. So it's just about supporting your local cinemas, spreading the word, and just to reassure our listeners, these recordings are done outside of lockdown, although we have taken the right precautions to make sure that we are COVID safe and secure, as we've got to try whatever we can to stay safe during these times, including social distancing, sanitizing, face masks if we have to. Spoiler warning. In this episode of the podcast, there will most definitely be spoilers. So if you haven't seen the film before and do wish to, I'd recommend listening to this podcast episode after you have seen the film. Today on this podcast, on this episode, we have... Philippa. And Pete. Hello guys, welcome. Hello David. So, first thing, do you have any hobbies? Do you have anything on the weekends at all? Uh, Check the camper van. Warm it up a little bit, start the engine. Um, what type of uh, camper van have you got there? Uh, it's a Fiat Bessicar E695, six berth. Sounds very spicy indeed. Very expensive. Very expensive, I bet. Philippa? I uh, like to do Pilates in my spare time. Ooh, I haven't got much spare time as I'm a very busy person. Oh, yeah, what are you busy doing? Watching TV. Savage. <laughs> That's good. That's great. That's what we need for this podcast. That's a good start. <laughs> What, what kind of Pilates do you do? Well, at the moment, obviously, with the COVID situation, it's home... Home Pilates. Home Pilates. Home Pilates. Home Pilates. <laughs> home Pilates. There you go. <laughs> just so the listeners and just so they know, we are filming this outside of lockdown, but it's during the COVID times. So what can you do, eh? <laughs> All right. So the film that we'll be reviewing on this episode is Get Out. So it's made in 2017. It's a mystery horror written and directed by Jordan Peele, starring Daniel Kaluuya, which I hope is how you pronounce it. I'm not too sure. Hopefully people will forgive me for that. And it also has Alison Williams, amongst many others. There's a very strong cast, all very good performance in this. Um, So in case you guys didn't know, uh, this film won an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay with nominations for Best Picture, Directing and Lead Actor. Are you surprised by that? Um, No. Not really. It's, it's, yeah, I agree with that. Oh, I'm a little bit surprised, although I thought the film was quite original. I was. When I watched the film the second time, I thought the acting was really good. Oh, so second time. So that means you've obviously watched this before. Yeah. 
Um, so what did you think the first time? Like, did you, like, what, where did you first see it? What sort well, of setting did yeah, you have it in? Yeah, um, first I just saw it in HMV and I, and I saw the, um, the film described as really good or outstanding. I can't remember. I'll have to get a DVD cover to read it, but I thought actually that looks good. It could be. A, so I read the book by its cover. You read the book by its cover. That's good though. That's what advertisement's for. So that's a good thing. But the first time around, it wasn't as I didn't think it was living up to the hype on the cover, to be honest. But the second time round, I took more interest in case someone interviewed me about the film later on. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's uh, good to hear. I mean... And I got more out of the film for that reason. I mean, for me, personally, I was quite confused the first time round. By the end of it, I was a little bit... I'm not 100% sure what actually happened, what the whole thing was, was going, you know, what was it, where it was heading, what the resolution was. Second time watching it, I fully understood it and I was amazed by how many details I actually missed we'll get onto that later but that's the same with any film though isn't it you, you kind of the little details you see the second time yeah. around or even third or, or whatever right it's so a quick game we're gonna play now guess the gross right so this is the game where I'm going to tell you guys to guess how much you think this film made in the box office. So this is a global um, and this is in dollars. So I'll give you a little clue. It's over 100 million. All right, so we'll start with Philippa. 150. 150. Uh, well, I'd say, I would have said 150, so I'll go for 160. 160, that's a very close guess, there, guys? But I'm going to have to say, you're both incredibly wrong. So this film made $250 million in the box office. I'm quite surprised with that because it's not really or it isn't an action movie and those oh. are the ones that usually people go to the cinema to see so mm. that's pretty good going I don't know in this day and age when a good horror comes out that does sell very well and it's not a family film so it's not for everybody that's, very, that's a very good point so, so that's made quite a lot of money so it must have been down to the advertising of the film which you've already mentioned with the covers and stuff like yeah. views yeah but when they if they advertise a film um, prior to watching another major film it depends how they show clips of the film yeah. you can actually put the, the film together yeah yeah. So you don't want to be giving too much in the trailer or anything like that it gives you a nice little taste of what you want to go see which, which is good yeah but I mean that film was made with, with only 4.5 million dollars and it made that amount so that's quite impressive so they did very well there lots of hype must have gone into that to get it out there good advertising on that one then yeah definitely, definitely. somebody done their job well yeah I mean it got me in the cinema to watch it so like you said before you've seen the film but how many times have you seen it before no, I it's only the second time last night so you've seen it once before I asked you to watch it yeah, I also watched it once before did, did you guys watch it together no we rarely watch films together. <laughs> the first time I like the ladies' films, I like the men's films. All oh, right, okay. And this, that was sort of in between, isn't it? Yeah, okay. What class is the men's film? Um, oh, what genre? Uh, what, uh, there's some classic westerns that have been made. Yeah, you're uh, a big western fan? Yeah, westerns, war films, the Band of Brothers series I've watched a couple of times during this lockdown. So you like a lot of drama, a lot of violence, yeah. a lot of versions. I like the Killing of the La um, Silence of the Lambs films with Anthony Hopkins. The, he plays the Psychopath, yeah, very good film, very good film, yeah. and the latest James Bond films are yeah, well done. Classic, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. Classic, yeah. <laughs> Philippa, what kind of films do you like usually? Um, it's got to be interesting, have a good story to it, and keep me interested in the film. I, I find a lot, although I do like action movies, I do like a good story to run alongside it. Yeah, cool. Now, I've recently bought a box set of Coen Brothers films, and I was really impressed with that. I only paid six ninety nine as well. Where's that from? HMV. HMV, last one there. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> even the guy behind the counter said, "You got a bargain." Yeah. <laughs> what films did you get in that? Oh, I have to go and find them. Uh, the Big Lebrowski. How many shops are available? 
other shops available. All right, you can buy it on Amazon Prime. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, um, a serious man, burn after reading, Big Lebowski, The Hudsucker Proxy, Barton Fink, and Intolerable Cruelty, which is really good. I was quite surprised. Okay, that's, that's because heard that one. George Clooney was in it. And Catherine Zeta Jones. And they're both very good. Really good. Yeah. I recommend. Yeah. It must there be good go, if Peter's saying that George Clooney is good in the film. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I'm not saying he's a bad actor, but because Philip likes him. <laughs> so in case you guys didn't realise uh, Philip and Peter are a couple I'm sure you've got at the moment, <laughs> at the moment yeah. right so what were your first impressions of the first scene so in this scene it's where the guy gets kidnapped at the very beginning of the film I well, I I've seen the film before and when he was initially kidnapped I thought he'd go on to be the groundsman at the large house but we didn't see him again as far as I'm aware uh, so you do see him again uh, so you know the chap with the big hat um, he's at the dinner party with all the rich white folk that's oh of course oh that was him when he flips out that's, that's the same yeah. person that's, uh, I, I, I did realise that personally I did notice like that one how did yeah. you realise it because when he kidnapped the um, gentleman that's the star of the film he had a tin like a bucket over his head um, no so, so the person he got kidnapped that is the person who ends up at the party so they kidnapped um, the guy on the telephone Oh, of course. Yeah. But yeah. did have a moustache or something, kind of. I, I, yeah, I, a bit of facial hair, so it, might, ah, it was is. dark as well, so you might have been able to recognise him. Ah, yeah, so uh, perhaps I ought to watch the film again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I honestly thought he was on pop, because he was walking up and down the street, talking to himself. He was on the phone. He was on the phone to another person. Well, I didn't see the phone. Oh, there you go, then. There well, it was dark. Another, another thing you must pick up on the third time you watch it. <laughs> it's like an easy third watch, but I mean, that's all good. I guess you're watching again. So do, do you think that scene gave too much away? Because personally, on the second time around of watching it, I was like, they're literally spoiling the, not spoiling it as such, but they're giving you a full-on insight of what happens later on, which is where the, somebody kidnaps a black man and then you don't see him later on. Like, I feel like it does foresee quite a lot. What do you think? No, I, I, I don't think that. I think you don't, for one, you don't know that it's just going to be black people that are kidnapped to start with. I just, I think you just follow the move, the film, and it could be anyone that's being kidnapped, not necessarily a black man. Yeah. Could just be another individual. Yeah. So the theme of racial... Um, not at that point, no. No, it hasn't, hasn't come to divide the, the racial statements between the two because you don't know about not it Not at that point. That's, I think that's a good point to make because... Obviously, you only see the one person getting kidnapped, so you don't actually know if there's any qualifications, as it were, to be kidnapped. You know, you don't know why this person's getting no. kidnapped. So that's a good point. Do you think it spoiled it a little bit, or we'll show it? Uh, did, yeah, you could you guess what the film might be about later, yeah. So you could, you could sort of get the vibe of what is going to happen, but maybe not the full full picture. Oh, well, I didn't realise, obviously, the guy that was kidnapped oh, was yeah. later in the film, so, yeah. no. So you had no idea so much about that point? Then. No. Which is quite good, though, that makes it a bit more exciting later on. So the way the couple were introduced, it was quite well done, I believe, because the intercut between Chris, who is the protagonist, um, and he's going about his daily routines, teeth, etc. And the what turns out to be the antagonist, which is the bad person of the film, which is the girlfriend, Rose. Rose, yeah, you only find that out by the end of the film. But she is the antagonist. And she is picking up breakfast at some sort of bakery, I believe. Um, so they intercut, and then the first time the characters meet, they don't even say a single word outside the door. They just kiss each other so therefore you know automatically that they're in a relationship and then it comes from that to them both packing to leave so I think you get a good idea of what's happening you know they're a couple about to leave on vacation what do you think do you, do you, yeah, do you agree, agree with that? that yes yeah. yeah I'd agree with that too 
you know, that's good. That means they got their first scene across quite well. Um, did you clock on the racial themes quite early on? Um, so, for example, the the sentence that he first, so when he is packing to leave, did you clock on to the, the questions that he was bringing up to his girlfriend? So it's a big... Uh, oh, with a family accepting a black person. Yeah, so it's about um, he isn't sure whether or not his girlfriend, who's white, by the way, no, he doesn't know whether or not she is told her family that he is black, which obviously I'm white, so I'm not too sure, but it must be quite uncomfortable for a person to be put in that position. But you can tell he's really rattled by it. Um, do you think that does foresee the racial divide early on? Yes, but it's done from a different point of view, I think, because from the, the white girl's point of view, it's not an issue, so seemingly to start with, and it's his issue, not hers, because he's concerned about her family, how her, her family's reaction will be to him whereas she wasn't concerned about her family's reaction to a black person and it's not later until the, until later in the film where it's actually reversed yeah that was a good point yeah yeah it, uh, when he um, eventually met Rose's family the family were quite accepting they were yeah yeah I thought that they were they were, they were accepting because they wanted yeah they wanted something from him from him, him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so they were buttering him up yeah. for what happens later yeah that's true what about the cop as well do you remember the cop the cop scene um, so you know when they hit the stack at the beginning oh and yeah. when the, when the policeman asked for the, the Chris's um, Chris's ID, ID. Yeah, yeah yeah so, so that, and he was quite willing to give it over because he, he sounds like he knows the score yeah he sort of knows what happens because that's quite a common thing especially in America I think in South America especially South America especially yeah is that they will often pull people over or ask for IDs despite the fact in this film he wasn't driving the car and I'm sure in real life many people don't drive the car and get the ID pulled from them just going to show that there's still racism that um, that police officers especially who you wouldn't want to, to actually have that stigma about them do mm. I thought the deer scene that caused the crash it made us both jump did it make you both jump yes, it was just so yes. quick and it was well yeah. done just yeah. the flash of the deer yeah didn't see it coming crash into a tree so you found that quite scary then well not scary just because it got jumps. quite calm up to then really. a common uh, <laughs> jump scare wasn't it yeah it was even gone. seeing it for the second time so we know it was coming yeah it still made you jump yeah it's because it's such a calming scene they just have a normal conversation that's why isn't yeah. it yeah, yeah. Uh, what about the garden man scene do you remember the guy who runs at night and sprints yeah. towards Chris yeah. in the garden <laughs> what did you think about that did, was it a bit weird did it scare you it was weird I had no idea that he was just going out for a run I thought he was running for him and when he got to Chris he changed his mind or did <laughs> yeah. it just to spook him up yeah which it did yeah it definitely spooked him up mm. you can tell he's a bit rattled by that afterwards yeah I agree with that yes yeah. so did you actually know that the running man um, sequence well it was just him running and that's it um, was actually made into like a viral internet challenge so people on Facebook or Vine or TikTok or whatever platform it was at the time of the release which is 2017 a lot of people would film themselves sprinting towards the camera and then try and uh, turn right or left whichever way to try and avoid the camera um, I didn't partake in that because I didn't really see the entertainment value but I mean would you knowing that would you take part in a little um, running man I have a kind of slight memory I know sprinting is the wrong word I think it's just running crazily towards the camera crazily at a certain uh, Lemon Palace, I didn't believe, in the grounds of when you had your camera. You're looking at me, Philippa. Yes, I, yes, I am. You had your camera ready and you said, let, let, I'll run and put the time on and run towards it. What was that? Was for a reason, though? It was, and I can't remember the reason at this moment in time, but I just remember you doing it. Before that, before the uh, film. The before film you came saw out. the film. <laughs> <laughs> Lemon Palace, no. <laughs> so, by the sounds of it, this is what I've, I've never heard this before. So, by the sounds of it, 
that you set up your own challenges sprinting towards the camera just to see how quickly there, you could do it. There were, there, I don't know there the reason, reason for it now. I think, was it to do with a timer or something? It was a filming idea. Oh, the yeah. The timer on the camera. We were going to do um, um, a self-timer where I... We photo- I photographed with my camera, I set it on a timer, I run over to Philippa and stand beside her where the picture's taken and I had so many seconds to do it. Oh, that's oh it's on a timer, yeah, 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 yeah. So we can take a self-portrait and yeah. it to a camera rather than one of these very well I wasn't in all of them, I might add. This is the time before the selfie. <laughs> Nor no, was I because I didn't get there. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a bit of a photographer then? Did much back in the day or now even? Not recently. When I retire, I would spend a small fortune of my pension on camera and um, take up the hobby again. Yes, what did you, how long ago did you start doing photos? No, it must have been just after we got married because I, I bought a Canon A1 to take to Kenya where we got married just to make sure I can take some good photographs. How long ago was that? 93, 94. Yeah, around that, yes. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you took some really good photos before before children. Yeah. BC, before children, when you had the time, you yeah. some pretty good ones. Yeah, mainly landscape, transparency film. Good, Going over 25 years strong, that's quite impressive. Congratulations, <laughs> you made it this far. <laughs> yeah, it was our wedding anniversary a couple of days ago, which we both forgot about. <laughs> oh dear, that's all right. Me and Megan had an anniversary five days after my birthday completely forgot we celebrated by having McDonald's in the car which was which was nice it was quite fun so what did you think of the overall plot did you think it was really clever did you think it was a bit plain a bit basic or yeah, it was a good plot yeah, it's a good plot it was different wasn't it I don't think you know you, you knew what to expect which is a sign of a good movie in mm. my opinion um, slightly strange in its kind of storyline but yeah. Uh, yeah it starts off really sort of almost creepy and then when you start to realise actually what's going on and that they're all like secretively auctioning but not secretively because they're doing it kind of in front of him like auctioning this guy and then it's that's a, when the, the bingo game was on no, but the it? bingo game the infamous bingo game where they're actually like auctioning See, him I off I didn't crack onto that until you just said I didn't really? actually ah, but right there, there I did oh. because the child who, who, who won the bingo game couldn't it wanted the, um, yeah, it, yeah, the vision it, but it's the part of the brain that yeah. controls the mind's eye in other words yeah <laughs> Is what he said I think on the film but actually just it's just kind of clicked now you've mentioned it that, yeah. that is the case it's crazy isn't it yeah, I think it's a really good idea but it, yeah it, goes, it starts to get creepier and creepier and then it gets a bit obvious what's happening but it takes it even further when you see um, the blind man who wants obviously Chris's eyes he's sat on the table and you see his head get cut yes. off and you realise alright this is going to happen the scope is yeah the scope is cut off and it's chucked in the bin no, no care in the but world but something clicked with me is when um, Chris was um, taken in to look at some photographs on the wall by Rose's father he was yeah. a surgeon and on the wall was a picture of Rose's grandfather so her father's dad and he was in a running gear and he explained the story about how he was beaten into um, taking part into the Berlin, Berlin Olympics by Jesse Jess Owen and it was held in Berlin yeah. to win the 100 metre sprint so this is in time where the Nazis were in power yeah. Hitler, yeah. Hitler was there yeah and so yeah. therefore what did you clock on that he was perhaps in the mind of the gardener who was running did you think no didn't think that was, I don't think that was any well maybe it, 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 it was I, I suppose it, it was not mentioned that he was a grandfather until near the end of the film yeah. though, was it? and the grandmother was the same yeah it's only when the daughter when she's on her last leg she's yeah. got the gun out she, she says oh no grandma as though she's in the car and you obviously know who's in the car is Geraldine age. Geraldine yeah mm-hmm. at the time so when you put all the pieces together you, I'm thinking about it you realise oh yeah 
yes, he was running. He's the grandfather. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's very well done in that respect. Although it's in the storyline, obviously it's been going on for quite a few years because obviously the, the grandmother and the grandfather were in other people. So who done the operations on for them? So it's been going on through the generations. Through the generations, yes. As you can tell um, in the video where they show it to Chris um, when he's strapped into the chair, when he's about to, before pre-surgery, as he's about to go in, um, the video actually is the grandfather. He actually says that they've been working on it for many years, but it's actually uh, his son who's finally cracked it, which yeah. is obviously the father of Rose, uh, the family who do adopt Chris in the end. So it's actually, it's, it's weird how everything links in. There's so many different elements. And I think it's really clever how they do that, how Jordan Pill does that. He, he takes mm-hmm. loads of different elements and takes the history of the entire family. So you knew what was going on the whole time. You weren't confused. The first time around, were you confused a little bit? So, like I said, yeah, no, I was confused I think first time just around. It all sort of comes Slightly, together. Right? You, you get to the end. end. You get yeah. near the end. We're, we're the bit with the keys. Where Rose is holding the keys, he yeah, says you can't. When it's all, I'm trying to find the keys, and then suddenly says he screams, "I want the keys." Uh, I'm sorry, I can't give you the keys. Yeah, it's when she switched. You can see it in her yeah. face. Yeah. She's there, yeah. like panicking. Next thing you know, no, I'm actually all right. I'm, I'm yeah. actually I'm still. I'm I right. thought she changed slightly before that because yeah. her expression on her face when Chris said they were sat by the river, they were all at the house at the party. She's, yeah. um, I'm, I'm going to leave. I know it's a change in her, which she is good is, acting. Yeah. yeah. She was, she was worried that he was going to leave and she would be able to keep him there yeah. for the whole mission. But then she went along with it a little bit and actually think, no, that, you know, she, I'm not suspicious of her. That's how I think the character was really clever yeah. because she played into it. She went along with it. So she, he maintained the trust between yeah. the two. Um, I thought that's good acting. She was very that's good. emotional she was acting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think all the acting was superb throughout the entire film. So The yeah. sun was a bit strange, though. In a good way? As in, in a good way for the film or... I'm assuming it's because of the pressures he was under to knowing that he's got to carry on this for the family mm-hmm. and he obviously wasn't coping well with that yeah. situation. You can see that he was under a lot of pressure yeah. and he wasn't doing well with it, was he? You, no, didn't, you could tell he, he was very, like he showed his cards quite early on. Mm-hmm. He was a bit of a psycho, to be honest. Yeah. At the dinner table when he's about to get him in a headlock, you know, he's a bit of a dangerous fella. Yeah. <laughs> so... Did you guys know that there's actually an alternate ending to this film? No. no. We were hoping that because we didn't enjoy the ending. You did not? What, what did you like about the ending? It was very... It's kind of stopped, really, isn't it? I mean, there's unanswered questions. One being, how did the guy who wasn't in the police get hold of a police car? That's very true. And he drove up in this police car. I expected there to be police with him, but there mm. wasn't. He was on his own in this car. And I'm thinking, well... That was Rod. How did he get the car? Mm. And I mean, he is an officer at the airport. Um, I can't remember if it's like STS or something like that. So he is some sort of officer, some sort of arm of the law. But yeah, again, like you said, I don't think he'd be able to get a hold of a police car or... and also because of where it was happening it was in like southern the southern was it like, America how did he get there so quick like it seemed like they were driving miles before because they were and it goes back to prejudice again white people killed and because of the policeman that was in it initially asking for Chris's identity obviously there's still that black and white stigma going on so they left it like he was driving away but there was dead bodies behind them and you think just because they drove off like that it's finished like you feel like it's, it, but it's not finished it. because there's more there's more because they couldn't it. just drive off like that I suppose if, they, if they're going to present those racial themes and prejudice that is reflected onto real life you'd think that they would sort of approach that 
right? Approach that about what's going to happen to him after this. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Because there's another story to be told there. I mean, the, the justice system, for one, how the white police officers would look at it because obviously there's black people dead and white people dead. And if you get the blame for that, I mean, there's so much more there that could be told. That's a very good point. And what do you think? Peter? Um, one thing I, I'd like to bring up is that I couldn't understand how the, the actress Ger- who played Geraldine could play that scene without blinking because she didn't seem to blink for ages. Her eyes just had staring eyes. They're lingering, weren't they? they yeah. very good. She's very performance in that. And Rod, the security guard, when he tried to explain to the police that he thought black people were being made sex slaves, <laughs> that was really... That was, that was an amusing side of a dark film. Yeah, so that's the thing. Um, there's a lot of humour actually in it considering it is a very dark film and the reason I believe behind that is because Jordan Peele before he did um, this film he was a comedic actor and writer he was he did lots of sitcoms and he was on a show called Key and Peele where he did lots of sketches and stuff so the fact there's comedy in it doesn't surprise me but it's done in a way that doesn't put you off from the horror does it it still it sort of draws you in a little bit to be scared even more which I, I thought was a good way of conveying a horror themed film I think if I was Chris I would have left as soon as I met the folk at the party because they're all blooming weird. Yeah, all weird and if it, like you know when he walks up the stairs and they all stop talking yeah you'd catch them back straight away you'd yeah. hear, you'd hear yeah. people stop talking I'll be out of the house I'll be out the, up the stairs and out the window <laughs> if I heard that so this alternate ending which I was talking about it's on the DVD which which I have and it's on the extras um, so and also Jordan Peele does actually do a narration of this so he does a commentary on it the actual film ending is the second ending so that was made um, after the one that I'm about to tell you this alternate ending is instead of his friend turning up in the police car two police officers who are white turn up and they draw their guns and they go over to him and they arrest him and then it cuts really abruptly it goes to black and it goes from how many months or how many years in the future you don't know how long but it cuts to the future and Chris is in prison and his friend he he actually comes and visits him in prison and they talk about trying to get him out but Chris is completely done with it he's accepting it because the, the takeaway that he gets from the story is not that he's escaped the family but it's the fact he's stopped the family from doing this again oh, that's, that's interesting um, so I think the commentary from John Peel was that he wanted to convey obviously yet again police racism in America which is what I was saying exactly so it's quite so why quite... did they choose the ending they did and not that one I think I, I'm not too sure actually I don't think um, that they mention it in the commentary I think it's more to do with that it would please a greater audience or something like that I think it was to do with maybe it would been done maybe because of the racial issue exactly maybe they thought they were pushing it too much or maybe they thought which it was possible that, the only in these times unfortunately that might be the case yeah I mean it's, it's something you don't like to think but it's true mm. I'm sure they'd lose lots of money from people not wanting to watch it because it was too yeah. focused on that um, but yeah there's an alternate ending and it's actually pretty good it's quite interesting I did hear about it before I watched it and it's only until recently for this podcast that I actually managed to see it and I was quite interested actually so fun fact Daniel Kaluuya which yet again I hope I pronounced his name right he was offered this role on the spot in his audition after nailing the you know the infamous um, tear scene when he first sits in the chair yeah. you know how he cries and with his eyes wide open so he did that consecutively five times and every single time the tear fell at the exact same moment in every take 
So Jordan Peele was like, you've got you've got this role straight away. You are perfect for this role. <laughs> so that was well, not easy, but he got it straight away, which is good to hear. Is there a trick in him doing that? Does he have his own way of... Oh, maybe one day we'll get him on his podcast or maybe we'll find out, but I doubt it. <laughs> Can I just point out that I actually liked the music. I thought the music was very good in it. What? The actual... It, it, it got the tone of the movie just right. The score is very important in this film, actually, because um, it's very key to all the triggers of the film, obviously with the teacup and the yeah. spoon. Yeah. That's, that the sound is very strong and it is a very big element of it, so I'm glad you brought that up. I just thought that the, the actual music went with the scenes really well. I thought it was really well done in it and, and I was quite impressed with that. Yeah, it was very good. I was very impressed with that. What do you think? The music? Peter? I didn't really pay too much attention. I didn't know it was a nice bit of acoustic guitar music at the beginning lots of good music and the soundtrack is very good and the score is incredible and it does sort of add a lot more to the story because obviously they use that within the story so it's great right so we get into the review which is on the other end this is what we're all here for this is for the final opinions on this film um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you for a rating out of 10 and then your reasons as to why Philippa 8 Hey, that's a strong, strong number there. Any reasons why? Uh, because of the storyline and the acting, which was really, really good. Cool. So, yeah, I'd give about 7 out of 10, I think. 7 out of 10? I that's... think that's how I felt at the end of the film. Yeah? Yeah. Um, be, I think it may be down to the ending. So, because so, the film was really good until the build-up, the ending was quite disappointing, do you think? With the police car turning up, nothing against yeah. turning up in the police car, nothing to do with that. I just thought it was a bit lazy. Lazy. I, I can see that, I can see yeah, that. could have gone further. You could have gone, gone further, further. Yeah. but then you could. Um, you've only got. Have you only got a certain time to make them? You can make a film two hours, three hours, but normal. Um, so it's, no, it's, about So they say the smallest and the, the best amount to have <laughs> is ninety minutes of one hour thirty. Um, this film was one hour forty, so they did quite well to get that amount of content into yeah, that hour forty. The end, they would have had to take more away from the actual. Exactly. Film. So, like the rest of the story, be yeah. will fade into the background a bit more as you but go like, on. Good ending. Yeah, so you think that could have been that could have made it to from a, a seven or eight to a nine, maybe even a ten. Ten? No, I don't think so because it's got to be. I've got to really enjoy it totally in every mm. respect. To give it a ten, but it could have been better than better. The ending could have been done better. There's more potential. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the Cohen Brothers films I've, I've watched recently, I, I could give a couple of those a ten. Yeah, we get up here. You like the Cohen Brothers? Well, there we go. Watch them again. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Yeah, the Cohen Brothers are very good directors and they've got very good, good films. Movie is a movie you could watch more than once. I think. Oh, I agree. Well, I could watch this film again. It's certain films I watch once a year. Oh, I haven't seen that for a while. I'll watch that and perhaps pick up on a few more details, like at the beginning, the kidnapping. He did appear later in yeah. the film. Yeah. So. And, it's, and it also the film is one of those you can watch again and pick out new things which you've probably missed the mm. first or second time around. Even. And think, well, that was well done. Yes. Yeah. How come I missed that the first time? I, th- I think that's that could be something that could be like an added positive or a negative. Because sometimes you'd go back to a film knowing every detail about it and knowing and enjoying those details. But sometimes when you go back to a film and pick up new ones, well, that's a plus. That means every time you watch it, it's got to watch it in great detail. Sometimes people like to chuck a film on in the background and we'll have to focus on it too much. If I hear a film's good and I'm watching it, actually, I'm not enjoying it that much. I would think, I'll think to myself, well, why is this film so good? I'm not following the plot so well. I'm, I'm I'm, I'm sort of my mind wanders so I'll look at the photography and yeah. the acting a bit more and actually that's good acting so you'll focus on a particular element that you think a may be elements. quite good despite yeah. the fact there are a few elements that aren't particularly yeah, good yeah I'm not very good at following th- thick plots and trying to mm. catch up you know pick up on what's going on early yeah so my mind will go but I want to persevere so I'll switch to the acting 
And I'm probably slightly different. In fact, I like a good story and I like, and I pick, usually pick it up quite quickly and it keeps me motivated to watch the film to the end. And that's why we've been married 25 years because we're always like opposites. <laughs> opposites <laughs> attracting all that. Yeah. We all get different things out of it, love, don't we? Yeah. So that brings us to the end of the podcast. So here's um, another question for you just to sign off. I think you've already answered it, to be honest. Would you watch it again? I will. Give me 12 months. 12 months, once a year, maybe. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely watch it again, but like, yes, in probably six to 12 months, maybe. Yeah. I like to kind of have a, things, a break from it. So I only remember certain bits and then I like to pick up something new from it. So, like a bit of thinking while. time. No, yeah. no time to come back with a new perspective, maybe. Yes. I like that. I respect that. So, would you recommend this film to others? Yeah, but I wouldn't recommend it as a, you've got to see this. It's really exciting. I would recommend this as a, an interesting film. A casual mention. Yeah. yeah. I'll kind of mention it because of the acting's so good that it's worth a watch, but it's not an entertaining movie as such. If you want to sit down and eat with popcorn and, and a, you know, a drink or something, like perhaps not. Film. You've got to be in the kind of mood for that type of movie. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned Marvel films. Are you a big fan of the Marvel films then? Yeah, I enjoy some of the Marvel films. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I thought, I thought the first Iron Man was brilliant. Yeah. But then it got, yeah, but then by the time you got to the third, it was getting out of hand, I thought. It's too, like all, all films, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's like Jaws. Remember Jaws? Back in the day. Back in the day. I mean, you look at it now, and the, the part, the, the shark's so robotic. But Robert Shaw, he's a fantastic actor. People love to see, used to love to see him in films. He's passed away now. Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, again, another classic film, which is still highly. I, I could watch. I could watch that. I could watch that now. Yeah. What, the Jaws? Yeah, but it's the camera. But it's, remember when he sat on the beach and they zoomed on, in on him? When it first came out, though, it was a scary movie. Now you, you kind of, it's more like a comedy because you'd laugh at it, don't you? Yeah, but I think when the head rose out to the bottom of the boat, when the diver was underneath trying to look for a shark to for the bottom of the boat and the head rose out, I still wish think, oh, if that was me, you know, <laughs> He's I would have swallowed a bit of water, I think. Yeah, yeah well, it's, it's the production value, I think, has uh, gone down over time, hasn't it? But it's still good. It's still a great film. Now you get a chance to shout out a film. Peter, you've already shouted out a few films. The Coen Brothers, yeah, just a box set. If you get to see any Coen Brothers films, they're all really well done, really well directed, really quirky. A particular favourite of yours? Oh, it's The Intolerable Cruelty. Yeah, I recommend that one. The Big Lebowski. It's got Bob Dylan music in it, yeah, which I like. Yeah, big fan. Uh, I like a good comedy, and you don't get them that often, and I laughed through most of it, and that's a proposal with... Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds in yeah. uh, and that was a really amusing what thing was that was it and called? The Proposal. Oh, The Proposal. Proposal yeah. And it's one of those light-hearted movies which you could watch over and over as his sister act, which was back in its day, really, I found it hilariously funny. Um, and also Zoolander, which is not everybody's cup of tea, but I also found that hilariously funny. The first one was amazing. What do you think of the second one? I though? didn't... Yeah, no, there isn't a second one. It's only, <laughs> only the first, that's There's it. Only, there's <laughs> only one yeah. Zoolander film. And, uh, I can't remember the second, but the first one was a classic. It's classic. So it was Meet the Fockers. Yeah. Um, um, but talking about Ryan Reynolds, I thought he was brilliant in Deadpool, and I think they should make more Marvel films with a bit more quirky humour in it. I think the one that he's bringing is more X-rated comedy, yeah. because I think that's what made Deadpool even more special, is the fact that it's a Marvel film, you think, oh, it's going to be quite um, subtle humour, nothing too yeah. outgoing, and they fully went for it, and mm. it was great. It worked well. Uh, yeah, and it's for a different age group, isn't it, obviously? So, uh, you know, you can cope with that kind mm. of humour. It's, it's, it's an adult humour film. It's, it's definitely an adult humour film. Well, anyway, thank you very much Peter and Philippa for coming on to the podcast I hope you've had a good time and hope you'll have me back on one day
Thank you, Peter and Philippa. That was a great episode. We had lots to talk about. We had lots of fun. If you disagree or agree with what they said, please message in and we would love to hear it. If you like the content on this podcast, please do like, share, subscribe, anything you can do on any platform to support this podcast. It would help a bunch. Even if you didn't like the content, it doesn't hurt to send a little like, a little share. In the spirit of Shia LaBeouf, just do it. <laughs>